0: You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. Darker Projects presents Tales from the Museum, a miniseries written by Charles Russell, starring Perry Whittle as Keith Nash.
1: yourself pull up a chair back from your vacation slash snake convention already yep didn't want to miss the halloween party anything interesting happened while i was gone no, nothing much pierpoint's office was haunted we tangled with a confederate vampire helene has a boyfriend <laughs>
2: good nothing out of the ordinary wait until you meet my new babies babies more snakes mojave well, rattlers They're the cutest things you've ever seen.
1: Yet another reason to stay out of your lab.
3: Hey, Phil. Welcome back. Heads up, Nash. We have a problem. Again.
1: There's a shock. What's up?
3: She's done it again. Associate Curator Madeline Constable is just trying to get herself killed. In her endless quest to increase the museum's visibility and revenue, she's done it again.
1: Who? Oh yeah, and Pierpoint hired a new associate curator.
3: Know what this is?
1: Sure, one of the museum's new MP3 players. They bought them for the self-guided tours.
3: Very good. Next month, we have the Impressionist Exhibition. This is a major media event. We're going to have two, count them, two Van Goghs in the Great Hall to say nothing of several other masterpieces.
1: I know. It's all Matsumoto in the art department has talked about for the past three months. A crowning event, he calls it. Uh, You wouldn't believe the extra security we'll have to have in place.
3: Yeah, well, Matsumoto will be taking a Ginzu knife to Madeline Constable if he hears this. Plug it into your USB port and start playing file number 16.
1: Okay, here we go. Okay.
3: This is right after the listener would have viewed the first Van Gogh.
4: Undoubtedly one of Van Gogh's most personal works. This is a work of art so intense that you should really have a full-color copy of it in your house. If you look to your left, you'll see our souvenir shop where posters of this masterpiece can be purchased for...
2: Uh, You know, Matsumoto worked his way through schoolwork in a sushi joint. There wouldn't be much of a buyer to dispose of.
3: There's also an advertisement for the Starving Artist Special in the Cafeteria. It's right after the Monet. This is the only copy so far. Jill in multimedia was on her way up to see you with it. She spotted me and asked me to address the issue. How does it feel to be one of the go-to people in our merry little castle?
1: Ah, the traffic's murder. Hey, you remember my cousin? He has a job that's nine to five, five days a week. Nothing ever happens to him, ever. I do wonder how he stands there. No idea. Gwen, Keith Nash. Is Ms. Constable in? I'll leave a message. I need to speak with her about the MP3. I'm pretty sure she'll know what I'm talking about. What? (laughs) No, I don't need a secretary. I'll see what I can do. Bye. Oh, that's not right. What? You know, Gwen, voted easiest person in the museum to get along with, never has a problem with anybody. She just asked me to rescue her from that woman. That's not right.
3: I told you Madeline Constable was trouble.
1: Special Services, Nash.
5: Hey, boss. Have you seen Marla or Angie lurking about?
1: Still at the theater, as far as I know. Why?
5: Oh, good. Uh, I'm lugging a load of stuff and I didn't want to go to the wrong place.
1: Stuff? What sort of stuff?
5: Electronics, stasinometers, recording devices, diet Pepsi, 25-pound bag of salt. By the way, thank you so much for loaning me out to her.
1: My pleasure to volunteer you to serve the greater good. I'll be wandering over to the Vanmont a little later on, just to check.
5: Good. See
1: you there. You going to bring me up to speed? Remember what I said about Pierpoint's office? Well, he decided that as a precaution, any further acquisitions made by the museum would be scanned for paranormal properties. The Downtown Revitalization Committee bought the old Vanmont Theater last week. It was under the condition that the museum will oversee renovation and management. So, Mala Monroe... So the Great One called in the Flaky One to give a look-see.
3: Pretty much.
2: Never fails. I go on vacation when I get back.
1: Anyway, Mala and company are doing their thing tonight. I ought to be there just in case. I'll go too. Might be good for a laugh. Me too. Aren't you seeing Larry the proctologist tonight? He's a gastroenterologist. And he makes more money than
3: all three of us put together. That's sad. Anyway, Lawrence is on call at hospital for the rest of the week.
2: Great, let's hit the buffet at Longs Fats, and I'll tell you two about the python I had to wrestle last weekend.
4: Ash, I was just getting ready to call you. You were? Oh, Dr. Mancuso, Professor Stein. I know this might be out of your area of interest. It's just... odd. Odd? Well, it was most odd. Yes, yes it was most odd. Follow me and I'll show you. Do watch your steps. There's scraps of wood and tools lying all over the place. Right through here, in the theater proper.
2: I haven't been in this place in years. They used to run all-night horror movie fest.
1: I remember those.
4: I'm just so happy that the regional museum chose to restore instead of demolish. Could you imagine? This place is an Art Deco masterpiece. Hmm, a little ratty at the moment, but still, a masterpiece. Here we are. All the seats have been taken out to be reupholstered, so we're out in the open here. The place is huge. Oh yes, and we found it right in the center.
3: Found what?
4: Well, it.
2: Which is?
4: We really don't know, but right in the dead center of the room pardon the expression is a mass of spectral energy it is a powerful mass in a very confined area i'm totally unfamiliar with this construction
1: how do you know it's there
4: because it blew out a new stossner meter good thing it was still under warranty now don't worry Angie and I managed to set up a salt ring and the mandatory candles, but it seems to be growing stronger. Oh, it's quite a conundrum.
5: (laughs) Hey guys, Marla, I set your stuff over there.
4: Oh, thank you, Casey. I'll be right back.
5: Okay, Casey, what you got? I checked our sources. There is no record of anything paranormal ever going on in this theatre. The only thing I can find was the Rocky Horror Incident in 1985.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
5: You? Boss, I never knew! Your sources? What sources are those?
1: After we cleared up Pierpoint's office, he got us access to the county archives at the library. Casey dove in and found three good resources.
5: Yeah, they're really cool. We've got the full run of the Tennessee Valley Quarterly, which was published locally before the Depression. We've got the WPA collections of local folk history. My favorite's the Goodman journals. She was this lady who lived in Johnson City all her life. 97 years. Her journals are just full of anecdotes, day-to-day life, local gossip, and ghost stories. She collected them, she weaved them into her narratives. It's really good stuff.
1: The world really does open up to you with a library card. By the way, Mala doesn't know about this. Keep it quiet.
6: Keep what quiet?
1: Uh, Hello, Angie. It's nothing, really. We just had Casey doing some background research on this place.
6: Did you find anything?
5: Nope. Any idea what it is?
6: I'm afraid
4: not. It's just there. Thank you, Casey. I appreciate you hauling that in here. My sciatica, you know. No
5: problem. Happy to serve the greater good. Mala. May I ask a stupid question?
4: Ugh, the stupider the better.
2: Your candles and the salt ring. Are they supposed to be laid out like compass points?
4: Why, yes. Yes, they are. You're off. Excuse me?
2: You're off. Something us old-timers would know. This theater was laid out so that the center line of the stage was aligned with the magnetic north. Some exotic thing, I think. If you look at the pattern of the ceiling, you'll see a compass rose.
3: He's right.
2: Let's see here. I just happen to have a compass on my watch chain. Uh, see, your compass points are off by at least three degrees. Whatever that entity is, it's exerting a magnetic effect.
4: <gasps> Amazing! Why didn't I think of that? We should probably pull back out of its circle of influence so that we can get a true alignment.
2: I recommend that we step back far enough so that you can locate the true bearing. Then step forward until Anito's drown off plum.
4: Perfect. Then we mark that spot. It's a good thing that Casey brought in more salt and candles. I always use soy-based candles. Don't you just love soy candles?
2: I certainly do. We're gonna find something very interesting. You know it's
3: kinda hard to find Stein is on the prowl. Aren't you going to offer to help?
1: Nah, they're having too much fun. Who am I to spoil it?
3: I guess. Tell me, Angie, what does Adrienne have to say about whatever it is? She's not sure.
6: Adrian says she's never seen anything like it. She tried communicating with it, but no results so far. Adrian says that she can't even get a clear visual image of it.
4: Angie! Angie love, a little help please?
5: Boss, I'm getting a very bad feeling about this one. You? <laughs> no more than usual. Why? Check out this stasnometer. It reads a bunch of different energy wavelengths, okay? This number, this one right here, is steadily increasing. So? So, it shouldn't be. This readout indicates, uh, boss, we really need to- look out! <laughs>
7: Mr. Nash! Mr. Nash! Please wake up, sir. This is important.
6: Come on. We don't have much time.
1: Uh, oh, oh. What hit me? Jane? Adrienne? Hiya. Am I dead?
6: No. Mm, not really.
1: Am I on drugs?
7: No.
6: Definitely not. Nightmare? Close. And the others? They're all safe. Unconscious, but safe.
1: Well, what happened? Where am I?
7: You're still in the Vanmont Theater. Uh, we know this must seem somewhat, well, disorienting. But we had to do it. We had to bring you beyond the veil. It was
6: decided that since you had dealt with us before, you might respond best to us.
1: Decided? Respond? What do you mean beyond the veil? Are you sure I'm not dead?
6: This whole production was put together so that we could get you into a position where we could speak to you without an intermediate. Face to face. The thing Mala and Angie found. We did that. Well, us and a few others.
7: Listen closely. We only have enough time to do this once. It's the Reavers. We're all in danger. They, they've been in the museum. Three of them. They're hunting us. Why? It's a long story, so I'll give you the condensed version. During the 1600s and 1700s, there were regular incursions by spirit entities into the earthly realm. The first of these incursions took place in Scotland. It was beaten back by a group of border reavers. At the time, the reavers were similar to militia units who patrolled the border between Scotland and England. Apparently, this particular group had a druid as a member.
1: Of course...
7: This band of reavers took it upon themselves to rid the world of these interlopers. Soon there were reaver enclaves in both Europe and the New World.
6: Ever hear of the Salem Witch Trials? Three of those women were actually working with the entities. Reavers flushed them out.
7: For a time, the renowned clerics Cotton and Increase Mather were allied with the reavers, but they later renounced that alliance.
1: Our reaver had something she called a Mather Talisman.
7: ...supposedly sacred objects imbued with ghost hunting powers. Defensive powers as well.
6: You have to understand, these people have drifted in and out of existence over the centuries. The Glasgow haunting of 1794, the birth of the spiritualism in the 1800s, the hunt for Jack the Ripper even. Mostly they just observe, sometimes they participate. They were not above using torture to make people talk. Or to keep them quiet.
1: Are you saying the Reavers are to the paranormal what the men in black are to UFOs?
6: I guess. At any rate, the last time we can confirm a Reaver sighting was at the Aubrey Mansion infestation in 1959. After that, it appeared that they had passed back into history.
7: Until...
1: Until what?
7: Until that movie about Da Vinci and the Templars. There was a rebirth of interest in old secret societies. The Reavers Guild is back in business.
1: So, these aren't classic Reavers. They're more like wannabes.
7: Wannabes, trained by someone holding on to the old ways. We think this makes them even more dangerous.
1: So why are they here?
7: Hello? They hunt
6: ghosts. Us. We're abominations and they are holy warriors. They exist to hunt us down. But why? Hatred, anger, who cares? We're prey. Actually, there is another reason.
7: The real reason. There were three main entities that crossed over into this world. Generals. Two of them were soundly defeated and dispatched. But one, Volka, was just wounded and escaped. According to legend, Volka fled to the unmapped western wilderness of the colonies. And it went deep underground to heal. It's still there. Hey, fun fact.
6: In some of the old languages, Volka means devourer.
1: Devourer? Hey, Adrienne!
6: I'm afraid so. That thing in the museum, sub-basement?
1: That's what they're after?
6: That and any other ghost they can get their hands on. You have to understand, we don't know what they do to the spirits they capture.
7: For the time being, all of the sentient ghosts will be going silent until this blows over. Please tell Casey that I might not make it to the Halloween
6: party. I'll make sure that Marla and Angie are a long way from here. I don't want them getting caught in the middle if this ends up a shooting war.
1: I feel a headache coming on. Am I going to remember any of this?
7: Uh, the highlights, we hope. Like we said, this is not something that's done often.
1: C- could you speak up? I couldn't...
7: Uh-oh. He's fading out.
1: I'm um, What?
6: Just relax, Mr. Nash. You'll be waking up in five, four, three, two... Uh,
5: He's coming uh, too. uh, Boss, you alive? Uh, Not sure.
1: Jane and Adrienne both say hi. What? What was that supposed to mean? I'm not sure.
8: Damien, what word? Has our guest made any progress?
9: He has placed your niece in a series of successfully deeper trances. He has regressed her to a point where she can visualize herself and a museum employee named Casey waiting on an apparition to appear. She remembers a sudden pain in her head. Then her next memory is waking up in her apartment and phoning in her resignation.
8: <sighs> can he delve any deeper?
9: Our guest says that he has access to some psychotropic drugs that might help... ...but he says there could be organistic damage. I think we should avoid that. Madam, I don't trust this man. I don't trust him or his people.
8: Neither do I, but to complete our task, we need allies. Unfortunately, his organization is best suited to our needs. Plus, he has a personal stake in it as well.
9: I know. It's just that I don't trust people I don't know. I'm not comfortable with a man who needs that much equipment to stay alive.
8: Agreed. But there is glorious news as well. We have located Volca.
9: Volca? The last of the original three? Where?
8: Miranda believes it is trapped beneath the museum. That would fit with the legends and the rest of our information.
9: The final battle approaches. When do we move?
8: End of the week. We'll use their Halloween party as a cover.
9: I'll alert the hooded ones.
8: There he is now, our partner. We have investigated the museum as you suggested. It is indeed infested. We'll clean it out.
1: You may burn the museum to the ground for all I care. But Nash, Mancuso, and Stein belong to
9: me. (laughs)
0: You have been listening to Tales from the Museum, Beyond the Veil, written by Charles Russell. Featured in our cast were Perry Whittle as Keith Nash, Amanda Fitzwater as Helene Mancuso, Captain John Teterzek as Professor Stein, Alistair Stewart as Casey, M. Rose Garcia as Mala Monroe, April Sadowski as Angie Adrienne, Rebecca Thrasher as Jane, Sally Widget is the voice of the tour guide. Marley Norton is Alexis. John Specht as Damien. And David Alt as Argus. The series is produced and directed by Ellie Hirschman. Post-production for this episode by Michael Wilkinson. Original music by Joey Stuckey and Kevin McLeod. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. For more horror, science fiction, and other podcasts, please visit www.darkerprojects.com. Please note, all veil piercing in this episode was performed by
9: qualified supernatural beings. Do not attempt this at home.